1: Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com.
2: Consciousness is not within or without. It's it permeates everything. Everything exists inside of awareness of pure being.
3: Kuma Kalabana Pawaka Gyanagan Jasu Huradayaga. very strange. Atulita Baladham. <laughs> Hem shaala badeh, the new jivanakrsan, kani nama kraganam, nedhan, ragupati priya bhaktam, at Gospadi kṛtpāṛśaṁ maśkī kṛtārakṣasaṁ ramāyaṇa mahāmālaratnam andena latmacam anjanānandanam diro cāṇakī kapīsa Andir Lanka, bhayankaram, langya santo, selila selila, yasho jaya, Adayatne thne the dahalanka, amanitan Manojavan Marut Tulia Vegan Chitendriam Udhimatam Burdishtam Vatatmajan Vanarutamukyam Sri Ramadutam sharanam prapadye shri ram sharanam prapadye shri ram sharanam prapadye i love that verse
2: manojavam Manojivam means he who's conquered the mind. Jitendriyam, one who's conquered the sense, the senses, the pull of the senses. Vatatmajam, Manojavam marataturiya vega. Marataturiya Vegam means uh, who has Stronger and faster than the wind, that's pretty strong. Jitandriyam Buddhimatam, vādhishtam, and foremost among, among all the wise. Vātātmajaṁ, son of the wind. Vānurayuttamukyam. It means, as like a, the leader among all the vānaras, the monkeys. Mr. Tawari used to, used to say, lion among monkeys. He loved that line.
3: Vaanurayuttamukyam,
2: mm-hmm. lion among monkeys. Mm-hmm. Shri Ramadutam, sharanam prapadhe, means I take refuge in that being that we just described, Hanuman. I go for refuge, for shelter, in the one that brings me to Rama, which is Hanuman. The flow of grace, the flow of love, compassion, and kindness. The reality, the way things really are, the knower of that. That we are, as Maharaj said,
3: sub ek, all one. Shri Ramadutam sharanam prapadhe shri ram sharanam prapadhe anjaney matipatalanam kanchanadrikamani avegaham padjat avahami pavamananandanam yat trayatr kirtanam Tatra tatra kutam asti kanjale vaspavare pare purnalochanam martinamat raksha santakam orabajarangabale KJ I right. do. Sitaram, 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 yes sitaram Sitaram, sitaram, sitaram
2: So, what are we doing? (laughs) Well, I don't know. We're chanting. And there's many ways to do this practice. And it pretty much works any way you do it, because it's the name itself. That is the medicine. And whether you visualize other beings, like the guru, the gods, whatever, or whether you simply return back every time you notice you haven't been actually paying attention, it's the repetition of the name itself that does That, that, that does the work itself. It's the name itself. We, we can't f- think ourselves out of a prison that's made of thought. All our thoughts and emotions essentially are a prison. They're part of the prison of me. Me, myself, mine. I, me, mine our fascination and obsession with our own stuff. But there's a longing inside that we're not always aware of, but it's always there. And it's like a magnetic pull that pulls us, that's pulling us back to our true self. And these names are the names of that place inside. And so, no matter how you look at it, whether you look at it in a uh, a, a religious way or a spiritual way or a nuts and bolts kind of paying attention kind of way, it's okay. But the point is to do the practice regularly. Do some practice regularly. That's how we plant the seeds of the of the qualities and that we want to develop that we want to recognize in ourselves so however it is that you pay attention and get yourself to pay attention that's what you should do
1: mm-hmm.
3: mm mm-hmm. i Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Rinna Krishna, Hare Hare. ekshanare kushana re kushana hare hare Krishna, kushana re Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a soul A soul like me I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind, so blind, but now I see amazing grace. How sweet the song that saved a soul, a soul like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. we blind, so blind, but now I see. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Shiva Svaha Swaha Swadha Namostute Narayani Namostute siddhi budhi prade devi Bukti mukti pradai namo orthe mahalakshmi Maha namo narayani namo ostute araani ostute sarva badha duniya mukto Om shivam at prasade nam avashiti ni arani namostute I Durga, am I to God? Hey, I God? Hey, I got it. On. Madurga, Je Jagaran Madurga, Je Jagaran Be. Je Madurga, Je Jagaran Madurga. Om Allah. Madurga, Jagarambe Be Ma Durga He Ma Durga He Ma Durga 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 Mother God, Madurga, Jedagarambe Madurga Naraini, Om Naraini, Om Naraini, Om Naraini, Om Naraini, Om Naraini, Om Dead a be ma durga, dead a be ma durga, dead be ma durga, be ma
1: durga.
2: mantras at the beginning uh, two of those mantras were given to me by Mr. Tewari, my, my great friend and uh, Indian father, great yogi. He had been he was a Shiva bhakta and a, a guru bhakta and he was a bhakta of everybody of everything of the whole universe, but especially Shiva and the goddess and Ram and Hanuman and all that, of course. But but he used to do these, you know, every other day in India is a holiday, is a day for, that honors one of the, the great beings, the deities. And uh, so, at one point he was in living in Lucknow and he was doing his Devi Puja. Devi means goddess, puja is worship. So he was doing his practice and so for ten straight days he would do four or five, six hours of puja every day of mantras and prayers and rituals and everything. Okay. And there's a practice called sampat, which means that after every mantra, so what he would do is he would sing, he would chant what's called the, the Durga Saptasati, which is seven hundred verses or mantras to the goddess it's a a beautiful actually this is a copy of it here it's called the devi Mahatmyam, which means the glory of the goddess and or the the durga Saptasati. and if you look here maharaj himself wrote ram 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 he wrote that on my book So, Mr. Tawari was doing this practice, and there's this this idea that if you make it harder, (laughs) you get more merit. Not really like that, but you can... But one of the things to do is you, uh, you add one particular mantra after every one of the other mantras. So, after 700 verses or mantras between each verse you add one mantra so he was doing that practice he had picked some mantra that he knew and he was doing that mantra to the goddess in between all the verses and he was getting terrible headaches unbelievable headaches and he it was really how he was really suffering so He went to his puja guru, one of his, he had two gurus. One was named Brahmachari Maharaj, and Neem Maharaj, Neem Baba. Uh, They were both around the same time in the same area up in the hills of uh, the Himalayas. Brahmachari Maharaj was the reincarnation of a great Siddha yogi named Sombari Maharaj. And if you want to read about Sombari Maharaj and Haryakan Maharaj and the yogis of this area, there's a book written by our friend K.K. Shah called Deva Bhumi, which means the land of the gods. And it's in English, of course, and it's an incredible book. And he tells the story of some of these great yogis, two of them being Sombari Baba, and then his reincarnation, which was Brahmachari Maharaj. It's a great book. Uh, there it is. Nina has it up there. It's available. Oh, wait. It's on available on krishnadasa.com. What do you know about that? <clears throat> so um, so he was doing this puja every day and getting terrible headaches. So he went to his puja guru, his Brahmacharya Maharaj, who happened to be in Lucknow. And he's telling the guru what it was happening. And Brahmacharya Maharaj said to him, what mantra are you using? And Tiwari told him, and the Brahmacharya said, you idiot, what are you doing? You're begging the mother, the goddess, again and again and again. You're begging her, you're begging her, you're begging her. You don't have to do that. She's your mother. It's a mother's nature to give. And he he gave he gave Tiwari a different mantra to do instead of the one he was doing, and his headaches went away. And that mantra was one of the mantras I did. Sarvabhadha binir mukto. Dhanadhanya sutta nato. Manushyo prasadeno bhavishati na sunshaya. And this basically just means it's your Oma, It's your nature to give. Just by turning to you, one gets One gets all the other thing one needs in life, essentially, is what it says. And peace in the world. So it's a very different point of view. And immediately his headaches went away. And then the funny story is later that day, Maharaji was also in Lucknow at that time. And Tiwari went to see him. Can you imagine going from one to the other? And he walks in and Maharaji says to him, what did he tell you? Just like that. Didn't even ask. What did he tell you? And, uh, Tiwari told him, Maharaj, he said, take, that's right. There's another funny story about, uh, one time, Nimkur Ali Baba came to see Brahmachari Maharaj. They were both in Lucknow at the time. And Brahmachari Maharaj told Tiwari to go bring some water for Maharaj to drink. And so, Tiwari goes all the way down to the river to bring pure river water for Maharaji. And he, he brings it. And it took him a long time to get all the way down to the river and back. When he comes back, Brahmachari Maharaj says, what's, where did you go? What's, what? And I went to bring water from the river. And Brahmachari Maharaj said, you idiot. He could drink sewer water. It's me that has to drink the pure water. Because I'm not finished. A finished being like him could have drank the sewer water. You could have brought him anything. That's a funny story. Oh. Okay. Some questions. Let me, let me see if I can find that. Google Docs. Here it is. All right. Somebody's asking, wondering how you interpret the phrase "to go within." No matter what, no matter the practice, meditation, chant, aikido, I struggle with what that phrase truly means. Well, when we say "go within," we're not like talking in. You know, like you don't. We're not talking cut a hole in your body and get in there. We're talking about to deepen your awareness. So for instance, you say, meditation, chant, Aikido. So Let's say you're meditating. Normally, all we have is a flow of thought and emotion that we're obsessed with and glued to, right? But when we sit down to meditate, we are adding a practice to the moment. We're adding another object of concentration or another object of awareness to the moment. And that object. And when we start to pay attention to that object, we then notice how difficult it is to pay attention to that object. For instance, the breath. Your mind, your thoughts, your emotions are constantly pulling you away. So, when we say "go within," when it's said "go within," what we mean is to be, to be able to release those thoughts and enter into a uh, the space that in- includes all those thoughts. Uh, there's really no within and without except in the sense of physicality. But consciousness is not within or without. It's, it permeates everything. Everything exists inside of awareness, of pure being. So when, when it's talked about going within, it just means to release the constant flow of thought identification, emotion identification, and physical identification. So, uh, and also, when we look out at the world, out, right, we're looking out of our eyes, we see a lot of things, and we have, automatically, we interpret, and evaluate all these things out there. Well, that's that, that's good, that's bad, that's beautiful, that's ugly, I want that, I don't want that, I dip, dip like this. So really what we're seeing out there, what we what seems to be out there, is actually a subjective experience. It's not objective. Even an object, like you're looking at the screen right now, maybe. That's not outside of you. That's inside of your awareness. And as we calm ourselves down and clean the mirror of our hearts, because you can think of the outside world as a mirror, as looking in a mirror, and you're actually seeing all your stuff. But most people just think that's the way things are that person's beautiful that person's ugly i want that i don't want that this is good this is bad most people never question that that's real to them and that's what's called relative reality one of the ways of describing it ultimate reality is when the dust and the dirt on the mirror of the heart is clean off, then what is seen is no longer subjective or personal. What's experienced is what is real. And that's beyond concepts, beyond thoughts and emotions. That's kind of a way of thinking about it. So I hope that's somewhat helpful. You have called Maharaji puppet master. Do you think he was pulling strings, i.e., influencing your decisions? Or did he just know what your decisions would be in advance? <laughs> ah, I love questions like that. Well, how do you answer that? You see, you asked this question, and this question Nam describes how you see the situation. Your point of view of the situation. My point of view is very different. Uh, you see me as an individual whose strings were even were either pulled or not pulled. I understand a little bit that I am not an individual. That my consciousness is no different in the ultimate sense than Maharaji's consciousness. He knows that, I don't. So I may feel like a puppet. That's what we were talking about before. That's relative reality. But for Maharaji, there is no relative reality. There are no strings to pull. his, when you connect with a being like that, when a being like that has taken you on and accepted you as a devotee, ultimately your only option is surrender. So, for instance, when I, when I quit singing, when I quit chanting with people in 1994 or five, March, March 95, I, I quit singing with people because for a lot of reasons. I'm sure most of you know the story. <clears throat> and I went to India and Every day, I would say to Maharaji, you have to fix this. I'm singing to people in your name. This is your problem. I, I'm not able to do it purely. I'm not able to do it w- with the right intention, etc., etc. So you have to fix this. I can't fix it because I'm the problem. So I can't fix it. You have to fix it. So three months went by and i was getting i was going to have to leave to come back to america and still nothing had happened in me to me for me i was the same he had not changed anything my and i fully understood believe and believed that he he could change it now Okay, so now do it, change me, fix me, so I can do this practice, which I have to do to save my own ass. I can't even do it because I'm so messed up. So the last night, pretty much, one of the last nights at the temple in Kenshi, I went out to the back of the temple and um, I looked up at the stars and I was talking to Maharaji. I said, what's the deal? What's the deal? I don't get it. You could, you, you haven't done anything. I told you I'm not singing until you fix this. I can't sing until you fix this. Why haven't you done this? I don't understand. You could do this. And then I just said, well, what can I do? If you're not going to do it, I can't make you do it. All right. I'll go back. I'll sing. How bad could it be? Good night. That moment was surrender. It didn't feel like surrender at the time, but in retrospect, that was the moment that I agreed to just be me as I am. And I didn't demand the universe to do, to change. I agreed to deal with it as I am. And as a result of that moment, Everything changed for me. Did he know? Did he not know? I have no idea of knowing. I have no idea. You'd have to be him to know that. All I know is that it is by his grace that I was able to continue to do what I had to do to save my own ass, to help myself, to bring myself deeper into that love, that loving presence. But when I, funny, so soon after that, I came back to America within a week or so. And I was in the city and I went to visit a friend's apartment and she was there with another friend and they were watching the video of Maharaji. There's some video I think a total of maybe seven or eight minutes of video. That's probably all there is. Something like that. And I walked into the apartment and I saw the video and I burst out laughing and I said that's not Maharaji, the the video of him, his body. That's the Maharaji puppet. The, the real Maharaji created a puppet for us because we're puppets and we have puppet eyes. And all we can see are other puppets. We can't see the great puppet master. We can only see the puppet master's puppet. <laughs> and I laughed. I just I broke out laughing. It was so funny to me. But out of love and compassion for us, he created a puppet for us that we could see and fall in love with and be attracted to. And so saving ourselves from ourselves. So I don't know, did I even answer your question? I have no idea. But anyway, nice question. Do I remember anything from the Jimi Hendrix concert I attended before leaving for India? It was not before leaving for but going up to see to live with Ramdas, to a year and a half before going to India. And the answer is absolutely not. I don't remember anything. <laughs> Somebody's asking if I played guitar on one of my latest podcasts. I don't know. Did I? I don't know. Every once in a while I play some guitar. Maybe I did. Maybe not. Maybe watch the podcast of Elvis. I have no idea. I read that Ram brought the rules, the, the 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 rules of living, and that Krishna broke them. <laughs> That's a great way of saying it. Krishna and Ram are the same guy, by the way. They're not different. They're different manifestations of the same being, Vishnu, they say. I don't know who Vishnu is, I don't know Krishna, I don't know Ram. I'm just repeating the things that uh I've heard. But anyway, Ram, it was a different era, a different uh, yuga. Ram was in a different yuga before Krishna. And there wasn't as much darkness then. The light wasn't buried as deeply as it was in the next yugas up until now where it's really buried very deeply within us and hard to find. So Ram came to establish dharma and to destroy the, the, the evil or negativity that was, uh, that was in the world, conquering all the, overcoming all the goodness in the world, there was this big demon named Ravana. And Ram came to establish the Dharma and destroy that demon, which he did. But Ram's role was to act like a perfect human being not like a god, not like a god with all the powers, because it was a different time. It was enough people could see the light more easily in that time. And so Rama's role, his attitude in the world was as a, as a human being. By the time Krishna manifested, by the time Vishnu manifested as Krishna, it was a very different world. And Krishna was breaking all the rules and getting the attention of people. And in Ram's time, it didn't have to be like that. It was easier to be uh, spiritual, you could say, and, and live a good life. By the time Krishna manifested, or Vishnu manifested as Krishna, it was a different time. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just riffing on this because that's the way it seems to me. And yes, Krishna broke all the rules. Whenever he did what he wanted, he did what had to, he, he made things happen the way he wanted them to happen, whether the way they had to happen in order for goodness and purity of heart to, to, to conquer evil at that time. For instance, in the war that was fought with, when Krishna was Arjuna's charioteer. There was a big missile coming towards the chariot. Krishna put his foot down and sunk the chariot into the ground, and the missile went by. That's cheating. But not if God does it. It ain't cheating then. It's just the way it it had to be. Krishna was wild, really wild. And it was all about love. He inflamed the hearts of his devotees and re-establish dharma on the earth by establishing the, the Pandavas, the good guys, the quote-unquote good guys, to be, helping them be victorious in the war against the bad guys, so to speak. So, the Mahabharata is such a great, I love it. Uh, the, the Ramayana and the Mahabharata, which is the story of Krishna and the Pandavas. Those are my favorite books. They're just extraordinary. When I imagine the difficult times that could come to us, all of us. I never could have imagined this time. Did your guru offer any guidance to take you through this time of division, isolation, and pandemic? My guru gave the same advice to everyone. Repeat the name, Brahm, repeat the names, Ram, Krishna, Shiva, Kali, Durga, and Love everyone, serve everyone, and repeat the name. That's what he said. And that is advice that works for everyone at any time. He seemed to know that there was going to be hard times coming. He had said that to some people. But that didn't mean that he gave any special advice to people. He gave the same teaching. Love every love your neighbors the same as you know that guy Love your neighbor as you love yourself treat others as you want to be treated Right now let's do that now Wouldn't that change everything in the universe right now if we all treated each other the way we would like to be treated That's not that hard. Oh It is hard, huh? Why is it hard greed? Shame, fear, anger, violence. This is what's creating what we're all going through. So those of us who aspire to help ourselves and help others, that's what we should do. We get the strength to do that from the repetition of the name, from the practice of the repetition of the name. That will bring us the strength to overcome our own fears, our own selfish ideas and our own anger, our own shame, our own greed. And then we can expand that to help everybody. somebody's asking about, when did I cut my hair? Well, I used to have very long hair in India. and But in the temple where we're living, whenever it rained, we didn't get in the, by the late fall, it was getting cold. And uh, whenever it rained, Everything got wet and your hair stayed wet like for days and I was getting sick. So I was thinking of cutting my hair. So I went to Maharaji and I said, I I think I said, Baba, I want to cut my hair. And he said, Itna, this much. And I looked at him, I said, You want me to trim the ends? (laughs) And he said, Nate, leave this much. And I went, ah, because my hair was down, you know, it's down to here. It was way down. And I thought, you know, I I thought I was going to cut it, but I was not going to cut that. He said, leave this much. Oh. But it was such a great experience cutting all that hair off. It was like, woof. It was fantastic. Uh, That mantra, someone says, can you recite that mantra again that got rid of the headaches? The mantra is not in order to rid yourself of headaches. The mantra that he was doing was giving him a headache. So he was then given a, a more, a, a different mantra that, that didn't beg for help. He was begging for help after every verse, again and again and again and again, he was getting a headache. Because you don't have to beg the goddess over and over and over and over, she's your mother. She she lives to give and help, and that's what that mantra that he was given. It's in, uh, it, I think it must be in, uh, on the website, uh, in the lyrics section of the CDs. So, but that mantra itself is not going to get rid of your headache if you have a headache. It's not for that. It's for devotion not, it's not aspirin. It's for devotion. I want to begin chanting, but I find I get my vocal cords get sore and tired after a few minutes. Well, you probably trying to sing too high and you're probably trying you're probably singing too loud or too hard just be at ease you know just easy easy make sure you drink enough water you can use some kind of uh lozenger to keep your throat uh, uh moisturized don't try too hard How to get rid of bad habits. Oh, you're asking the wrong guy. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I don't know. On one hand, at some point, you probably just grow out of it, you know, whatever habit you have. I think the best thing to do is practice awareness. You know, notice what you're doing. Try to understand why you're doing it, what you're getting from the habit. Like if you're eating too much, why is there, why are you eating too much? Is there anxiety? Is there fear? Is there, what's going on? You know, think, just observe yourself and see what's going on. And then, you know, you can play around a little bit. You can say, okay, for two days, I'm not going to do that. And see what you go through. That's really extraordinary, what you go through. As soon as you you cut that off, you know, you'll see. It's like, uh, you start thinking about it all the time. How much longer? I got like one day and 39 minutes left, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then do it again. And then take another break, like for a week. Sometimes bad habits. One time I, I, took, I had a bad habit, I, I took a year off. I said, for a year, I'm not going to do that. And you wind up thinking about it for a long time. And then eventually it kind of fades. It's just you got to work with this stuff. You know, I mean, if you have the inner strength, you can just take a vow not to do it anymore. But most of us can't do that. Most of us will, really will, it'll put us through too much craziness if we try to just stop doing something that's become so habitual or you could just pray God take this from me you know and see what happens but you have to mean it when you say that otherwise it don't happen oh how to deal with heartbreak We all we're all of us have broken hearts, every single one of us. You don't deal with it. You just live through it. That's the deal. And you know, you, you, you try to see what what is it that you wanted from I would guess this was a relationship of some kind. What did you what were you looking for? And what did you want from that person? Who did you want that, need that person to be for you? And then you recognize eventually that nobody can be who you want them to be because they're already who they are. And we fall in love with somebody and they look perfect. And then that perfect picture starts to crack. And then our hearts get broken because we weren't dealing with reality in the first place. We were projecting our perfect person onto that being. And for a while, they appreciated that, and they were doing the same to us. But then, you know, things change. And that projection starts to slip down the wall. And behind the projection is who that person is. All the, the nonsense that's in there, you know. You'll heal up. We all heal up. But we learn. We have to learn, you know. Ultimately, love is letting somebody be who they are. And not trying to make them into who you need them to be. It's not easy. It's not easy. Oh, it's getting late here. How does one let go of thoughts to be more grounded? You just let go. As soon as you notice that you're thinking and you haven't been paying attention to the object of concentration that you picked, whether it's mantra, Breath, the body, uh, something like that. You simply come back again and again and again. It's called practice. If you want to learn how to play the guitar, you have to practice. If you want to learn to do, you have to practice. It, it's no button to push to make it happen. Practice developing that inner strength and the, and the ability to practice regularly, every day, even if it's just a few minutes. Don't miss a day. Did Maharaji hint in any way that you that who you will pass on your legacy to. My legacy? You mean a dirty house and a lot of coffee grounds all over the place? I don't know what you're talking about. Maharaji did not speak English to us. He spoke to us usually through a translator and Except when he didn't want to wait for the translator, he would just answer our question. He wouldn't wait for the translator to tell him what we were thinking. He knew what we were thinking. He knew what we were saying, even though he didn't speak English. He didn't know a, a lot of English words. He didn't really talk a lot of English. Sit down. Quick march. <laughs> now go now come but all right so that's uh boy, there's a lot of questions today what can i do to get the grace what what can i do you get the grace of seeing baba in the human body uh It's up to Baba. It's not up to you. And if it's the right thing for you, he'll show up that way. But you know, I'd probably die if I saw him. If he walked in the room right now and I saw him with my physical eyes, I'd probably have a heart attack. (laughs) So he won't do that to me, probably. How to know what path to follow? You have to listen to your heart, follow them all. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Just listen to your heart and do what you feel you have to do. Nobody can tell you. That's part of the path is finding what works for you and learning to trust your own heart. That's the most important thing. That's what the whole path comes down to ultimately is trusting our own hearts. We we haven't been taught that. We've been we've been locked out of our own hearts. We've been taught that it's my way, not your way, and you have to listen to somebody else's nonsense and, and, and trust and you have to trust somebody else, your parents telling you the way things are, your your friends, your teachers. We're not taught to trust our own hearts and our own intuition. We've been they don't nobody the idea of intuition and and innate awareness and innate understanding isn't part of our culture. So it's very hard to overcome all that cultural programming and listen and hear what your own feelings and trust them. Sometimes it takes courage to just Everybody's telling you, this is great, this is great. You don't feel it, split. It's hard. It's not easy because nobody's doing it. We haven't been brought up in a culture where people really trust themselves. Everybody's telling everybody else what they should be feeling, what they should be buying, what they should be doing, how they should do it, what they should wear, what they should listen to. And nobody's listening to their own heart. So that's what we have to learn to do.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.